Are we going to follow our traditions or are we going to obey God? Is it the tradition? Is it God? Is it man? Is it God? So here's the issue. We must make a decision. We must make a decision. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. What God is doing in our day is something he planned from the foundation of the world. When we look at the government, you look at this country, the country we live in, America, you have to look back and really think on the things that God is doing and has done in the past. You're not dealing with just a group of people. We're dealing with many factions in the country, but God deals with us as a nation and individually. As a nation of people, somewhere during the course of our sojourn with God, something happened. Something happened to the effect that God had to step in. Nothing's happened by chance. Nothing happens by accident. And there are absolutely no coincidences with God. Once we get beyond the news media and the print media, once we get beyond all that, we have to look at the spiritual implications behind what God is doing. There's something God wants to make clear and I believe as his people, our ears should be attentive to what God is saying. Now, here's something I don't believe, and I can't find scripture for it, that God would allow something like this to happen only to give man chance to come up with a remedy for it without addressing the issue. Amen. And I believe that's something that we should prayerfully consider during this time why did it happen? What was on God's mind when he says in Amos, the Lord God does nothing mm -hmm. unless he revealeth his secret to his servants, the prophets. Now, I believe that. I believe that because it is the word of God. How is the church supposed to respond to this? Well, let's move back to uh, how the church started, how it originated. And why did God send it forth? Jesus specifically stated these words. I am come to seek and to save the lost. Amen. That's foundational. I came to seek and to save the lost. That was his reason for coming. It was the reason that God sent him so that the lost could be saved, which shows us that God have a love and respect for his people, even though the scripture does say, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God prepared the way for us before we even was aware that he had done it. Ephesians say we were dead yes. in trespasses and sins. We couldn't even respond to God if we wanted to. We were dead. But God, through his grace and his mercy, has given us life. He brought us to him through Christ Jesus. So now as you read the scripture, as we look at the book of Acts, 
how the church started and how many things transpired to bring us to today. And God had it written so that we would be able to go back and read and learn and through the power of his Holy Spirit, we would come to the understanding he want us to have. Now, saints of God and people of God and all who hear my voice, somewhere during the course of the day of Pentecost until this day, the 13th day of December, 2020, something has happened. It has happened to the point where things are not going the way God would allow them to go. And he's trying to disrupt our regular, what I would call daily activities, so we could stop and take a look and ask God what's going on. But we go as if man has come up with the answer. When Jeremiah the prophet tells us, it's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. How can a man understand his own ways? Can a leopard change his spots? No. Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? No. So why do we think we can save ourselves? That is a serious thought, and that's something serious-minded Christians should actually take into account. We do not have the answer to our problems. We must turn to God. So he sends Jesus into the earth realm. Jesus came as a boy, just like you and I, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus was born in a Gentile culture. Jesus was born in a place where Gentiles were predominant. Jesus came into a world that was dominated by Gentiles. Jerusalem was a Gentile place. Antioch, where the church moves to now as we get going here, the center of attention now would be in Antioch and not Jerusalem. Paul is getting ready to be sent out on his missionary journeys from the church in Antioch, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Outside of Rome and Alexandria, you had over half a million Gentiles, and only about 5% of them were Jewish people. So it's important for us to understand the foundation of the gospel. When Jesus himself said, I come to seek and to save the lost, it was because of the tradition and all the things that were set up by the so-called religious group. And that there was many groups in Jerusalem. We call them sects or, or parties. The sect of the Pharisees, you had the Sadducees and the Essenes, those were the group. Now the scribes were the professional. They were not a religious or spiritual group. They were a professional group. They were copyists. They were the public secretaries. They were the one that wrote down the law. And many times the scripture would refer to the scribes of the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees was the predominant group in Jerusalem. When Jesus was born, they wanted everybody to convert to their way of following the Torah, the Bible, as we call it. Everybody had to follow their teachings and their traditions. And Jesus stood up against them on many occasions because he seemed to always be operating opposite of their tradition and what they were taught. He plucked corn on the Sabbath day. He didn't wash his hands and he ate with sinful people, which was a no-no. 
He, he went home with a tax collector. He let a woman with an itch of blood touch him. They found so much fault with Jesus because Jesus was not tied down to their tradition nor their misinterpretation of the Torah. So here we are today following those same patterns. We have grouped ourselves together based upon how we see and interpret scripture. And that's very, very important. Some people really don't care. They just go to church. They want to hear a good message. They like the good singing. Yes. But that's not what God called the church together for. People of God, we should wake up to the reality of what's going on. Jesus is going to come back and he said they're going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He tells us in Matthew 25 something very, very important. What does he say? I want to paraphrase it a bit. The closer you get to God, the more concerned about people you are. That's how that works. The closer you get to God, the more concerned about people you are. When Jesus said, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was naked, you didn't close me. I was in prison, you didn't come visit me. And they were thinking, well, what in the world are you talking about? When did we see you naked? When did we see you never went to prison, Jesus? He said, you did it to the least of these you've done unto me. Why is it that we can't do this the way God wanted done? Why isn't the church missional? the way God set it up to be. When are we going to get out and quit having so many church functions that keep people inside the church when God said go into all the world and preach the gospel? That's very, very important. It is more inward than anything. So what we're going to start with or where we're going to start today, Peter told the council, we ought to obey God rather than man. When they told Peter and John, don't preach in this name no more. Don't do that anymore. He said we ought to obey God rather than man. Now the question we have to address now is, are we going to follow our traditions or are we going to obey God? Is it the tradition? Is it God? Is it man? Is it God? So here's the issue. We must make a decision. We must make a decision. And I want to start this message off today or continue this message I would say with one question and we'll go from there when was your last encounter with the Holy Spirit think about it when was your last encounter with the Holy Spirit do you have any encounters with the Holy Spirit Peter is continuously encountering the Holy Spirit Paul continuously encountered the Holy Spirit Jesus said these words, if I don't go, your helper won't come. But if I go, I will send you another comforter. He will abide with you forever. Don't worry about the world. The world can't receive him. So why are we in such agreement with the world? The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. All of these thoughts and all of these actions and all of these things the world come up with, they are not of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we have an obligation to God to follow his spirit. Amen. We have an obligation to God to hear him through his spirit. We have an obligation from God to be used of him by him through his spirit. That's a serious, serious question today. Very little encounter with the Holy Spirit. 
very, very little encountering with God in prayer. Prayer, prashukama, in the face of God. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. In prayer, you're not the only one that should be talking. There should be an exchange here. God should be right involved with it. We say our repetitious words, we get up. The church must move from here. I'm challenging you. The church must move from here. We must quit liking sitting up in a sanctuary on the Lord's day or whatever day you go and walk out and continue to walk in the ways of the world. There's no encountering, reaching the poor and helping those who are less fortunate than we are. This was Jesus' ministry. He was hated for breaking the tradition of the Pharisees. He was hated because he set and he ate with people who the Pharisees didn't like. It's very necessary for me to say is the group we call the church today, they fall in that same pattern. I'm not sorry for saying it, but it just grieves my heart. It breaks my heart to see the present day church totally contrary to what God is saying. Not all, don't misunderstand me, not all, but some are only concerned about membership, church, or whatever. We have to get to the point and we could say, like the Apostle Paul says, Christ shall be magnified in my body by life or by death. We have to get to that point. Jesus stood up for God and they got rid of him. They crucified him. Of course, that was planned by God. Paul stood up for God and they did the same thing to Paul that they did to Jesus because he was following Jesus. Where are those people following Jesus today and what persecution are you receiving? There is no persecution of Christians today here in America because we're too close to the edge. <laughs> we're walking with the society. We're following some tradition that only God knows what's what. Now, my dear brother, I had to say that because this, this is really bringing hurt to my heart, tears to my eyes. And I don't know how much time God has given me here. I've been doing this over 40 years and I've really become aware of some things. And first of all, is that we are not following the pattern laid down in the scripture. He tells Moses, you make that tabernacle after the pattern in heaven, don't change nothing. And I believe that's what God wants today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.